Well, hey there, and welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast. Come on in, sit right down, uh, grab a seat, or continue to drive your car, or however you're listening to this show, or wherever, and uh, just welcome back. Uh, It's been a while. Um, I've decided to try to switch things up a little bit, and to uh, try to fit things uh, into a schedule that is very difficult to fit things into, but uh, my passion is fun. Uh, I find talking about, uh, whether it's horrible movies or uh, doing some reviews uh, every once in a while, um, a lot of fun. I find that fun. Uh, Also, uh, I feel like now is as good of a time as any to kind of start back into uh, getting some footing into um, some reviews. Uh, so as you saw from the title of this uh, episode, uh, obviously we're talking about Jupiter's Legacy, which uh, you say, Jack, well, this is not a movie. Uh, it is a extended series on Netflix, and I think in the time we're in now, uh, why not talk about this show? And also... Um, kind of extend things into a Netflix world, maybe, maybe a little bit. Uh, And then uh, basically this title, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, and then I'm going to give you a semicolon, horrible reviews, Uh, nice little short, uh, concise review of uh, some new material that was uh, put onto uh, Netflix, oh, less than a week ago. So ultimately... Uh, let's talk about uh, Jupiter's Legacy, and then we can talk about some other things. Um, Jupiter's Legacy is a television series. Like I said, it's on Netflix. Uh, it has a movie scope to it. It has a real... Oh, um, oh uh, DC Universe. I don't want to say Marvel because I felt more DC and how DC is done in a cinematic world uh, than I did Marvel. Um, It has, Jupiter's Legacy, if you are a comic book fan or a graphic novel fan and you like the DC, the Kingdom Come series, I, I legitimately think you will like Jupiter's Legacy. Mark Miller is the creator of this uh, uh, series. And Mark has worked on, you name it, I mean, uh, all kinds of uh, X-Men. Uh, he worked on the Kick-Ass series. He actually, I think, created it. Kingsman he created. Uh, he's worked on a ton of Marvel. And he stepped out at one point in his career and made uh, basically his own label, uh, Miller, Miller World. And uh, that has become completely its own thing, Miller World. And it's... Uh, kind of a unique thing, you know, uh, in a world, in a world where there are, um, tons of superhero things, Mark is pretty much on the cutting edge of new non-Marvel, non-DC, uh, labels. He's created some good stuff, and honestly, folks, this is pretty good, too. Uh, this has a, uh, there's some aspects of it. That, yeah, maybe look a little cheesy. Sure, aren't uh, maybe up to snuff as far as uh, DC or Marvel is concerned. 
But ultimately, uh, this is a different duck altogether. This The budget for this is not near as high. Um, I know just looking at uh, Rotten Tomato scores on things, the critics not, aren't big fans of this either. But honestly, there are aspects of this that are pretty good. And especially when it's uh, thrown onto Netflix, that's a pretty good pickup by them. They need content. And um, this is worth a watch. Now, they do a few things here that are... Oh, what's the best way to describe this? Uh, they do a few things that I sometimes don't understand why in a Game of Thrones world, in a uh, Watchmen world, uh, in a Snyder Cut, or just a, just a Justice League world in general, gritty, dark, how um, shows now that feature superheroes just automatically have to have gore, automatically have to... Well, none of the great... The Boys is a great example, too. If you've seen The Boys, you know what I'm talking about. It is uh, superheroes, but, man, they are... It's real-world gritty, gore, blood, uh, sex, violence, drug use. And I I don't know that... I would say this. Jupiter's Legacy, based on uh, the comic book, probably has to have some aspects of that, because that comic book, graphic novel, whatever, has that same aspect. However, you malign your audience, you divide your audience, and you go, look, only adults are going to be able to watch this, because any parent that gives two rats rear ends about what their kid is watching is not going to let their kid watch the blood of this, the drugs of this, the language of this. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. However, there are probably some parents that just turn their kid loose on everything and say, oh, it's superheroes, it's fine. Probably not, but that's me. So you do you, I do me. Um, with that said, there's only there's a smaller audience that can watch this. Now, if you made this PG, you probably it's probably not really good at all. It's probably Spy Kids superheroes, and then no adult wants to actually watch it. And so they're kind of in this middle ground where they say, okay, we're going to make it gritty. We're going to be able to make it more uh, adult-based. And it's not... Here's the thing about it. It's not so adult-based that your kid couldn't watch 80% of it. But then all of a sudden, here's a blood splatter everywhere. Here's a drug use. Here's kind of a borderline uh, sex situation. uh, Because there's not... Any male parts you see, I don't, I don't, there were no female parts that were seen. There were just some innuendos that you would literally, as a parent of a 10-year-old, I would have to break down and explain what this is, and I'm not ready to have that conversation with my kid on some of the things that are happening in this. So, it's a hard one. I don't know, no pun intended. It's tough because there's no way to truly, truly get across, um, the message of how gritty this world is and how real it is and the code that they keep talking about in this and how the code is we don't kill people. It's basically uh, Jupiter's legacy is Batman's code, essentially, of we're not going to kill people. Uh, but these superheroes are having a hard time not doing that in a modern world where uh, the villains are literally trying to kill you. So uh, it's tough to do. With that said, uh, overall, I felt like Jupiter's legacy has some value as a non-Marvel, non-DC entity. 
I think they did a pretty good job of presenting this world that they live in. Uh, and uh, it's tough to do on a small screen on Netflix, but I feel like it accomplished it in a lot of ways. Now, the budget's not as high, so the action, the CGI, all the things, not near as high as it could have been had it been a cinematic release in a theater that's a longer production that's a higher budget. But that's not the luxury that a lot of people have. So um, I will say this. Eight episodes, in my opinion, worth watching. I would say hide the kids on it. I would say um, maybe not all the things on it are for everybody. But I also think that it's got value, especially because we are a consumer-based society at this point. Talk real quick about this show. Josh Dumel. Um, plays the Utopian, who is the main uh, character. He is essentially Superman. He came up with the code of the morality of um, we are not going to kill. We are not going to do this. We're not. We're not going to. Uh, and we'll obviously we'll physically harm, but we're not going to do this. He is the he is the Superman type character. He has a brother named Walter Sampson. Uh, rewind. Josh Duhamel's character is named Sheldon. Sampson, not Sheldon Cooper, but Sheldon Sampson. Uh, his brother is named Walter Sampson. Uh, he plays a character named Brainwave, uh, who has a psionic power. And uh, think uh, Jean Grey is probably the best way to think Dr. X or Professor X. Uh, and then um, the, uh, Josh Dumel's wife, jo- Sheldon Sampson's wife, is named Grace Kennedy Sampson. She is Lady Liberty. Um, there is a great deal of, uh, there's parts of this that remind me of Watchmen, and uh, I think that's good. I, I enjoy that. Most of these episodes are 35 minutes to an hour long, and not that hard to consume. The show really revolves around that Samson family. Uh, it involves a couple of their kids. The daughter is off the rails, uh, uses drugs, has a modeling career, but it, which is really this modeling career is just based on the fact that her dad and her mom are who they are. Uh, they're the superheroes. The kids have superpowers. Uh, Brandon Sampson is the son. He is called the Paragon. He's trying to live up to his dad's name. Uh, and then you have other characters. Uh, there's a guy named, uh, an actor named Mike Wade. Uh, he plays Fitz Small. The, he's a, the Flair. Uh, and he's the tech guy. Uh, all of these guys, and there's a, the main villain actually, well, the main villain that you see most of is a guy named Blackstar, played by wrestler Tyler Man, former pro wrestler Tyler Man, who's this gigantic, tall, super tall guy, who played actually Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie until he was re- replaced by, was it Lee Schreiber? Um, at any rate, you see Blackstar as the main villain, super powerful, has this exosuit, but is also really strong. You don't really know the backstory, but actually... Blackstar was actually the character I wanted to kind of know the most about because they didn't give us anything other than, oh, he's bad, and he's this big villain. Um, the other main <clears throat> character is this guy named, um, well, the actor is named Matt, it's played, by, it's played by Matt Lanter, the actor, who you may remember from the show Timeless, if you uh, slug through the few episodes of that thing. Uh, that, anyway, thanks, NBC. Uh, and then... Uh, he plays George Hutchins, uh, who is Sky Fox, who at some point in history, we, you don't find out the year of it, became a bad guy. He does not believe in the code. 
He does not believe that uh, justice is done by not killing villains. And we're, we find out that he is, no one knows where he's at. Uh, he has been trapped in some sort of a parallel situation, space, universe, widget, whatever. Um, and uh, so they're trying to find him, but they, they blame a lot of things on him. Um, overall, uh, you're introduced to a ton, and I mean a ton, of uh, characters throughout this show, all of which add uh, to the mythos of this world that you live in. Uh, it's gritty. I'm not going to really spoil a ton, I don't think, on the ending, because I think it's pretty fresh. I would like you to go and uh, take a watch at this. Uh, I do want to highlight a couple things. Uh, I will say this. Uh, Sheldon Sampson, the main character, is very... Uh, he's at odds right now. He's in a new changing world. The cool thing about this show is it bounces back and forth a little bit from uh, the 20s. And you see these people before they got powers. And now you see them in current times or maybe even a little bit into the future. Okay, Because we're not really sure what time, what year we're looking at. Uh, and you are, they're shown, uh, you're shown how they've had to adapt over time. Uh, things they regret, things they don't. But they've had a long life, so they lived from the 20s. They lived for 100 years fighting crime, I guess, uh, and had pitfalls along the way. It's kind of like if all of the uh, if all of the Watchmen were uh, Doctor Manhattan, if they all had uh, Earth like like uh, galaxy level powers, not just street level stuff. Um, they all have power, superpowers. They could all fly. They're all heavy hitters. And then their children are imbued with powers. Sky Fox's kid is not, but he has some other powers that he uses. He's a main character in it as well. And um, I, I feel like, I feel like it is a, um, I feel like it's worth watching. I, I think you need to. Um, I'll rewind. Uh, his name, by the way, Sky Fox's son is named Hutch, played by played by Ian Quillen. Uh, very good character. I liked him. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, okay, so with that said, my overall score. I know I look at Rotten Tomatoes. I can't not look at it. Some people are able to look away. Some people are able to not look at it. Uh, I have to, and I know that Rotten Tomatoes is not being very kind. Uh, to this show at current times. Let me look this up right now and give you an exact score on Jupiter's Legacy. Jupiter's Legacy. All right. Average audience score, which I like to go off of a little bit more on Rotten Tomatoes, is 74%. That's not near as bad. The average uh, tomatometer, I always say it wrong, 39% on Jupiter's Legacy. That's pretty low. Now, those folks always trend that way. I, I've seen that for years where they'll talk about uh, Last Jedi and they'll give that a, you know, the, uh, the audience gives it a negative or bad review and the actual Rotten Tomatoes crew gives it in the 90s. So, you know, it gets, sometimes it gets flip-flopped. But on to Jupiter's Legacy, uh, I would say for me it's a solid 80. Um, I think it's worthwhile. I think in a place where we're at, where there's lots of content, 
and we have a ton of superhero things, it's a bold move <laughs> to wade out into uh, this sort of water. Um, and I think that they did a pretty good job of creating of, of world building and creating a likable story. Joshua, you, I think at 20 years, let's say, 10 years ago, had you said, Jack, you're going to watch something with Josh Duhamel in it, and you're going to be okay with it. I probably would have said that's a lie. There's no way that's possible. Josh Duhamel did a good job in this thing. The other actors around him did a really good job in this thing. The Some of the CG, okay, it's not the best. It's not, uh, I made the Spy Kids reference earlier. It's not Spy Kids uh, level CGI that was bad. But there are parts that, parts that you're like, ah, that was obviously harness work. That was obviously uh, this or that. But I've seen a lot of stuff, so now I can kind of be crit- critical of it. I think you'll enjoy it. I think there's a drawback that you can't sit with your kid and watch a superhero thing. But I know why you can't. I understand that. Uh, so, yeah, if you have time, if you want to watch something that's different, uh, that I say it's different. It's different than DC or, Mar- or Marvel but it has that same, uh, I almost said the word trope. I don't mean trope. It has the same feel at times of it, which is good. That's the, what we like. Marvel and DC, well, especially Marvel, has made billions of dollars off of that feel. Well, this has some of that feel to it. I'm going to say it's an 80 for me, if I were going to give it. So what would that be? Four horribles, but on the positive, I can't even, it doesn't work. The horrible rating scale doesn't work on, on this. So I'm going to give it my rating of an 80 because I enjoyed it. Now, again, hide the kids. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to this one. Uh, one thing about this too, and this has very little to do with it because she's done a lot of really, really good work. But one of my wife's high school friends, Kayla Cooper, uh, helped write one of the episodes of this. Uh, All the Devils Are Here. She wrote the teleplay for it. And also, she's one of the... Uh, the uh, producers on this at times too. So uh, kudos to her because she's in Hollywood and doing her thing. So good job. Uh, and she's a, a great, she worked on Luke Cage. She worked on a bunch of other Marvel stuff. So uh, she knows her stuff. So anyway, that's it folks. Go watch it. Um, I can't tell you that the good guy wins in the end. Not going to go there. Don't want to give any spoilers away. Uh, but I do think that it's worth your while to go take a look at it. And I hope you're doing good. Uh, let's recap a few things here. So we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to start working on a few other things. And so slowly dip my toe back into horror movie podcasts. Um, I need some ideas for movies. Uh, I want you to email the horrible movie, the horrible movie podcast at gmail.com or go over, go over to our Facebook. Uh, just type in the horrible movie podcast and, and leave some comments on there. Or go to Twitter at One Horrible Movie and tell me what you want me to talk about. Um, or I'll say this, uh, and we—it's been a while now, but the most recent full episode I did, it actually was a solo shot, and it was the most downloaded thing I've ever done. So obviously, there's people that want to listen, that want to hear this. Tell me what you want. I really want to do Mighty Ducks three fairly soon because there's been a resurgence of Mighty Ducks because of the Disney Plus series. I really want to do a few other things as well. Uh, so uh, I can't guarantee my schedule allows it because I've got a lot of things that I've got going on. But I like doing this, uh, and I love uh, interacting with other people. I need to get some guests on, that sort of thing. But again, that's tough because it becomes a time-constraint thing. 
A uh, couple things I want to talk about uh, before I go. Always uh, check out Phil over there on Disney+. Plus. He's got Grant Young's been helping him out right now. Uh, and uh, they've got some great, great guests uh, they have on sometimes. And then they have uh, just them on there talking about current things on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I have another podcast that I did uh, one season of. Uh, and I'm trying to do that a little bit more where I can compartmentalize a few things. And I may go that route with this show as well just because um, I, fi- I find that if I can pack things into here's 10 episodes uh, consume this season of this. I think that's that makes more sense for me right now and time-wise. But I have another podcast that I did 13 episodes on called The Football Show. Uh, if any of you have listened to this, you know I've coached for like 20 years. Uh, I've coached football for that long. And I've been around the sport for that long, and I had some great guests on there. Had some uh, one uh, one guy named Ryan McGee from ESPN on there. Uh, had a couple guys uh, just from all over the country on, uh, some authors and that sort of thing, and just had some people that I know on that I've been around in football. So the football show, check that show out. Check out um, uh, Disney Plus reviews and everything that's on uh, the Studio GNA Network. Uh, still lighting things up, still doing the thing. Aaron Dicer still doing. Uh, all the things he does, uh, and uh, overall good times, Danae and everybody else just rocking and rolling. So thanks for uh, tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. I know uh, if you came here looking for spoilers, I kind of wanted to do a nice, clean, non-spoilery kind of situation. But I do want to say, I do want to promote this thing. Uh, I I would go watch it. Now, my next one of these I'm going to try to do is the Snyder Cut. And I'm probably going to spoil the crap out of that because it's already been out for a, a couple months. And it's 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 uh, retreading. It's retreading some ground. Uh, possibly try to get a guest on, maybe Phil on for that one, just because it would be nice to bounce some things off of him. Uh, and uh, it's not a Disney Plus thing. It's a HBO thing. Uh, HBO Max thing is what we saw it on. Uh, and so I, it's not something he would have probably covered on his uh, current show. So, Folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Hopefully Hollywood's coming back now. I know some theaters open back up. The Alamo Draft House here in Springfield opened back up uh, last week. And that was a sign that things are a little bit back. Uh, things are a little bit back. So I'll take that. Hope you guys are doing really, 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 really well. And remember, you're awesome. So take care of each other. Be good to each other. And we'll see you down the highway. Bye-bye.